interrupt our program to bring you this important message. This is Chief Engineer Bob informing you that unfortunately, COVID has hit Planet 8. We were hoping it would stay down there on Earth, but somehow it went across the galaxy and up to our little planet and basically is canceling this episode. So instead of a new episode, we are going to present a best of Planet 8 where we go back to our road to the apocalypse. Please enjoy and join us next episode, releasing June 22nd, which will be number 100. We are go for launch. Five. Quiet, numbskulls, I'm broadcasting. Anything can happen in the next half hour. Four. My friend, we cannot keep this a secret any longer. This whole thing is insane. Three. Quiet, please. I am analyzing. Where's the kaboom? Two. There was supposed to be an earth-shattering kaboom. One. Just imagine a world where you will hold your entire future in the palm of your hand, when a tiny glowing crystal will guide you through an existence in which each day is more wonderful than the last, where it will be possible for you to obtain the fulfillment of every fantasy, the satisfaction of every vanity, the absolute attainment of every wish. Hello and welcome. Greetings, my fellow galactic travelers. Welcome back to Planet 8. This is your Mission Commander Larry speaking to you from our hidden base. As always, by my side, Chief Engineer in our command center, encircling Planet 8 in our orbital satellite as Reconnaissance Officer Karen, tuning in via her interocitor. We are very pleased that you've joined us again. This episode, we will be taking a tour of various dystopian futures that have been depicted in film and television. So... I have not shared with my podcast mates the various locations. The only thing I told them was we're on a tram like at Universal Studios. And our first stop is going to involve a driver in a race that goes by the name of Frankenstein. This is not the Boris Karloff Frankenstein, but this is Bob. This is David Carradine as Frankenstein. That's right. Death Race 2000. Frankenstein, Frankenstein, Frankenstein. <laughs> Walker, uh, that, that movie was directed by? Oh, it's Roger Corman. Roger Corman. Kids, if you haven't seen a Roger Corman film, do not start with his Fantastic Four movie, but <laughs> do try and check out Start Death with Race any of the others. <laughs> and, and let me just say, there are going to be spoilers, so if you haven't seen these films, please go out and see them before we start talking about it. And basically... What we're going to do is we're going to hash out which dystopian futures could we survive in and which ones will we absolutely pass on. So here we are, Death Race 2000. Bob and Karen, let's say that you guys are drivers, not pedestrians. I think that would influence your decision. Well, that would be the preference, yeah. (laughs) For those of you who don't know, Death Race 2000 took place in the year 2000. 
And there was this race that involved mowing down pedestrians for points. Uh, it was an extremely <laughs> dystopian future. And this is 2018. <clears throat> Somehow I missed it. Yeah, <laughs> luckily. Um, you know, I want to let Bob and Karen know it was when I was planning this out, it was like, do we do Death Race 2000 or Woody Harrelson's Sleeper? I decided to pass wouldn't on that be Woody Allen. Wouldn't that be Woody <laughs> Allen's Sleeper? <laughs> right. Woody Allen. <laughs> yeah, Woody Allen. Thank you very much. So, yeah. Woody uh, Harrelson, that would be... Uh, oh, that's a whole nother... Yeah, Zombieland. <laughs> I might pay to see that. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so you're driving. Obviously, you can't be Frankenstein, Bob. Yes. Uh, d- describe your vehicle. What what kind of mechanism or... You know, they had the bull. They had the... Uh, the um, machine gun uh do you have a concept of what kind of car you'd have god i'd have to probably go with some kind of dragon some kind of a dragon oh, yeah. theme okay just shoot fire out and like flamethrowers on the front and things all right, all right, all right. but um yeah you know i could i could do pretty well i think <laughs> especially since i basically you know drive back and forth to work and commute in the crazy crazy traffic and you want to do that anyway <laughs> the only place where i would lose points is i probably couldn't run over a dog Oh. Other than that, there you go. Sky's the limit. Get out of the way. That's right. Let's throw it up to the satellite, Karen. Do, would would you conceptualize what kind of a car would you have? Would it be themed a certain way? Well, like like Bob, I I have a pretty heavy commute every day, so I've already visualized this many many times in my mind. Um, yeah, it'd be you know a big American muscle car, right? There you go. Uh, what else would it be, right? You know, and uh, probably have something in the front, something very sharp. Uh, and then some sort of cleaning mechanism because you don't want to get, you know, <laughs> stuff gummed up in the engine. No, no, uh, that that's happened on Walking Dead a number of times where the engines just get all filled with the Yeah, yeah, it's gunk. not good. It's not good. Um, yeah, so so I could I, I could kind of imagine uh, uh, doing fairly well in this situation. Well, I, it, what I would do is I would I would kind of borrow from the movie Dumb and Dumber that dog mobile that they had. Except I'd have also a kind of like Animal House, cut the cake, where you, you hit a certain uh, pull on a rope and then the vicious teeth come out in the dog before, before <laughs> you go for the attack. So I'd, I'd kind of do a little mashup in, in my doggy mobile. So you'd be uh, like D-Day. And, yeah. With a yeah. giant doggy diner head on the top. <laughs> mm-hmm. It'd be sort of like you'd be the... the uh, You'd be flying under the radar. Nobody would suspect you, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> run them run them over, Rover. Thirty points. Run them over, Rover. Yeah. I like that. That would be my bumper sticker. I think. All right, guys. This this concludes this portion of our tram tour. Uh, I want to remind the audience: go to the Blogspot page, Facebook, Twitter. Let us know what your answers to some of these places that we're visiting would be. Next on the stop. We're going to another dystopian future. Turns out that Harrison Ford is looking for replicants. Unfortunately, we don't know if we're replicants or not. Speak for yourself. <laughs> up to the satellite, Karen. What do you do? First, you wake up and you're like, "Oh crap!" Well, okay. So I I know I'm being hunted. Well. You know you're being hunted, but you're not sure if if he's right or not. Have I uh, have I already had to uh, take the test? 
No, you have not taken the test, but you do have very vivid dreams. And, you know, in your in your apartment, you have all the pictures and everything and photo albums of your parents and, you know, brothers and sisters and, and all that good stuff. But no, you have not taken the test yet. Now, I, I will say that in this part of the Blade Runner universe, there are these kiosks that you could put in $5 and it'll do a brief test for you if you have a question. <laughs> So there is this option, and you get a free picture as well. So, oh boy, would okay, you so would, would you opt the for the test or, or not? Um, well, this would this would be a pretty tricky one. I don't know that I'd want to know, but then on the right. other hand, if you don't know, you don't really know if you should run or not. But he's probably going to shoot me anyway. So well, he's, he's going to try. But well, yeah. see. You'd think that he would have given you the test before he tried to shoot you, but that's not always true because look at how many people he went after. Well, at least, Harrison but if you take Ford. this five dollar test, don't you get a picture? You can show him. Hey, look, I got this picture. You get a picture that says, "Yeah, well, <laughs> look, pi- I'm clear." The, the picture won't give you clearance. Or you get a little badge or something. <laughs> that's an extra thousand dollars. So I guess you you have no choice but to take the test. But I have to say, it's not it's not the most wonderful future no. to live in anyway. Even if you weren't a replicant. Yeah, Even that, if that's you're not mine. a replicant, you know, it's raining all the time, it's right. polluted, uh, it's it's a pretty unpleasant, you know, they're making, like, artificial animals, and I think they're probably eating them. I don't know. It's pretty Pro- disgusting. Probably. Sounds like um, Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> My apologies to anyone from Seattle. Yeah, we do love oh, yeah. our listeners yeah, I don't Seattle. know. I don't feel too good in this future. I'm, I'm I'm not liking it either. I'm 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 thinking you're screwed either way. <laughs> Thanks, Larry. No, me too. I, I'm just I'm, I'm saying all three of us, not you, Walker. There, there's just no easy way out. No way to survive there's happily. No re- there's no reasoning with Harrison Ford. Yeah, yeah. So this is more on the extreme of the dystopian uh, dystopian land. So we're gonna we're gonna get back on. I our say tram. we hop on the tram and run. We're, yeah. Speed it up. We're we're, we're back on the tram. Everyone gets a nice little beverage to help clear their minds, and we're we're going on. And all of a sudden, we pull up to uh, our next stop, and we wind up in Los Angeles. Of course, there's no one on the streets of L.A. except for Charlton Heston. <laughs> so where do we come in? <laughs> Well, he's as surprised as we are because he was visiting mannequins in a store while he was getting some can of beans doing his shopping trip. Okay, so actually, you take the place of Charlton. watching Woodstock for the millionth time. (laughs) Yeah. You take the place of Chuck. You're by yourself. You you have the car. You got the, the guns and everything, but you're also dealing with... Now, in the Omega Man, were they vampires, ghouls, or what? what classification? No, they were they were just people who had been uh, inflicted with a plague. They didn't have any special powers. They were sensitive to light. Okay, all right. And they were, uh, but yeah, they they didn't have any special capabilities. And they had rejected technology. Okay, all right. Because I'm getting it confused with Vincent Price, Last Man on Earth. Well, see if you go if you go back to the novel, uh-huh. Richard Matheson's Richard I Am Legend. Right. They were vampires. They were vampires. Yeah. And then if you like go... Like Dracula you, kind of vampires? They, were, they bite well, they're like mutated type. Okay. You know, plague, but it basically turned them into vampires. Like they, 28 Days Later kind of? 
Well, I don't think they ran or Rage anything. Or anything? Okay. But, uh, yeah, no, but, uh, you know, you had the vampires, basically, in the novel. They were called vampires, whatever. Mm -hmm. And then you got Last Man on Earth with Vincent Price, and they were, quote, ghouls, mm -hmm. but he had hung uh, garlic on his door, and uh, right, they, right. you know, he was using all the, the typical... He had a stake, too. Yeah, yeah. Well, he was using all yeah. the typical vampire-type weapons to combat them, though they were called ghouls. And then I think once you got to uh, to the Omega Man, then they were just these radioactively mutated plague people. People. But did he ever actually, were they ever actually referred to as anything in that movie? I don't the family. So. The family, right. But oh. I mean, not not a ghoul or a vampire or a zombie. Or no. That. It was just, there was a, it was a bioweapon. Yeah. There that got loose, and Neville had the. Uh, he was a scientist, and he right. had a. Um, so he had Morgan. We had Neville. Protection. In the original novel, he was Morgan, correct? And then, what well, we got Will Smith, right? I think, I think he was, he was Neville, Neville as well. He was he Neville? Yeah. 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 The only thing I remember that that movie was when the German Shepherd got killed. Yeah. That yeah. was it. That did it for me. That, that was tough. But again, they were just kind of mutated ghouls, right? It's they a little. Were, Sidestep here, mm -hmm. and it doesn't involve Popeye. Uh, what? <laughs> ghouls and vampires, right? At one point in time, or maybe I'm thinking ghouls and zombies because a, a zombie was from Haiti, right? Zombies were like, you know. And they weren't flesh yeah, eaters. They it were was the like, ghoul that was a flesh eater. Well, yeah, the zombies were basically slaves to. Whoever the voodoo priest, priest and, right. and all that, or priestesses. Yeah. And then I think any walking dead type creature was just called a zombie at that at, I, at was, a certain point. Yeah. But then when George Romero came out with Night Living Dead, That's when they were called became, ghouls. I, I think they switched the ghoul from yeah. zombie. Or, you know, or but they whatever. were referred to as ghouls. Okay. And then, you know, as as the Romero legacy went on, they became zombies. But, um, but yeah, I mean, they were not your typical. I mean, that, I think that at that point when Night Living Dead came out, that's when zombies went from voodoo slaves to, you know, Walking Dead type creatures. Okay, interesting because I. These are the things that I think about sometimes commuting to work. Well, I do. I'm out walking my dog every once in a while. I mentioned dogs a lot this episode. <laughs> walking my dogs every once in a while. And I'll look at houses, uh -huh. and I'll think, well, how would this house fare in a zombie apocalypse? <laughs> well, those glass. those yeah. windows, yeah, those windows are way too close to the to the ground floor, and you know, they'd have to board up like at least a dozen windows or whatever, you know, or you see one where it's like, okay, all the windows, they've got long stairs up to the porch, a lot of windows are up on the second story. And uh, all they have to do is kind of block off their front door, and they're good. Right. Or this one has a huge picture window; they're doomed. So, so, uh, yeah. so the things, the things to consider when you actually buy a house for yourself. <laughs> yeah, that's that's important. <laughs> yeah. Um, getting back to our Omega Man yes. stop. Do we have Neville's house, or do we have to like find our own place? Because is you're that... taking Neville's place, I'll, I'll say you have Neville's house. Okay. So, so we he, got yeah, he the had weapons, that all we got out. the car, we got right. Neville's place. Right. So we're set up pretty good. You are set up pretty good. 
You know, the problem in Neville's place, though, is his generator was down in the basement. Ah. So it's like, you know, he stays out a little too late after dark, <laughs> and he gets back home, and a few of the family get into the basement. Right. They can mess up the generator real well, easy. You, and then, well, you got no power, and you got no you, lights. You learn from Neville's mistakes. Would you make some modification? Where would you put the generator? Uh, well, I would just make sh- damn sure I'm home before dark. Uh, that's for sure. Yeah, not stay but, at the movie uh, too long. Yeah. Either yeah. that or you would have to, uh, during the day, you know, build some chain link fence type enclosure around your generator so that if someone did, if any of them did get in through the basement door, yeah, they couldn't get to the generator. That's a lot of work, but worth it. Yeah. But worth but it I- if you could still watch DVDs, you know, during the night. Right. It's a pretty sweet setup if you just make sure you follow the rules. So I feel pretty good about this one. Follow the rules. Okay. I'm a little rusty on my chess game, though. (laughs) All right. Moving on. Back on the tram. Talked about George Romero and Night of the Living Dead. Uh, We're going to go to Dawn of the Dead, the original. And uh, so here we are, the three of us together get off the tram zombie hordes to the left of us zombie hordes to the right of us where do you hold out do you, do you go to a mall do you go to a costco do you, you know there was a remake of the uh dawn of the dead which was really good uh do you go to a, an island um fear the walking dead had a season where they were at sea they went from la down to baja or something and um you know there's a whole set of problems no matter you know if you're on a boat or on land or but but where do you go bob was talking about well home do you have enough food in the home to last for how long you're going to have to hold out for a long long time where's the nearest store do you have a generator walker what what is one of the first places you'd go and try to hold out for maybe a week or a month or whatever uh, i don't know i find the whole zombie thing so depressing um yes. very dystopian yeah, it's it's really awful. You have to deal with your family members and people turning into things and then killing them. It's 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 not nearly as much fun as driving cars and running people over. I'll tell you. You could drive cars all the time, just run zombies over. Yeah. <laughs> just don't let them gunk up the. Um, I don't know. You know, I kind of like the mall idea, but but the problem with the mall is you'd need to have a lot of people with you to make sure it was secure all the time. Right. Um, but you'd have a lot of resources there. So the mall is kind of uh, appealing in that sense. Hmm. And I, I know some people talk about like a um, army base or a even a National Guard supply base or something like that. Uh, that's, you know, there's a lot of things there that you could use. The thing is, it's like the bigger you get, then the harder it is to protect in some ways and not just from the zombies you got to worry about other people in some in some sense the other people are even worse than the zombies because they can think you know so if you have any lights on then somebody sees it and then they know oh there's people there there's resources and they come after you so um yeah i don't know you know the bigger you get sometimes the harder it is to protect it you might almost be better off in a just kind of a nondescript house somewhere where nobody would suspect that somebody's living there you know right right and then you get there and you find a book in the basement (laughs) 
Okay, I don't know what that's about, but... <laughs> uh, I was just talking Necronomicon. Yeah, the, the Necronomicon. Oh, oh, okay. Opened it up and create a whole another uh, yeah, no, uh, problem. Since I took a swipe at Seattle earlier, I would get all my DVDs and Blu-rays, hoard a bunch of food, get some weapons, head to Seattle, and uh, live out the apocalypse up in the top of the Space Needle. Oh. <laughs> I'm assuming that zombies cannot climb stairs or ladders or whatever, so right, right. I think uh, you'd be pretty safe up there. Well, you take and they're not out to, to, to Seattle, like tip though. it over or anything. Well, that's where the whole Death Race 2000 thing comes in. <laughs> <laughs> you get in the dragon car and flame them on the way up. You know, and I, I'm with Karen. It's like, do you go to like a Costco where you just have like food, generator, DVDs? Uh, you know, all that stuff. Or do you hold up in a home, you know, very discreet, or, you know, go to a little island off, go to Alcatraz, hold up in Alcatraz, but then how much food can you take with you? Yeah, you'd have uh, to keep going back to shore to get food. Mm -hmm. But right. for me, it's like, I go to the mall, and I can barely stay in there like 10 minutes. Yeah. So to, <laughs> to live in a mall, forget it. Well, I mean, how much food can you take up in the Space Needle? Well, and, you, and the elevator's not working. Down. Yeah, during the day, you can come down and come out and do whatever you want and back up at night. But, but, but the, the, the zombies are out 24-7. Well, it's it's yeah, not the devil. Not I was thinking vampire ghouls. And, and where, do you, where do you use the restroom? <laughs> that, that's high up. Unless you're dumping buckets Golden off the showers. <laughs> Man, who cares what happens down below? <laughs> yeah, eventually, we'll have to walk and get groceries. So. Oh, right. oh, well. You call for takeout. Somebody, well, somebody still has good. to be out I, there I, I, delivering food. This is not a scenario I feel good about in any way, shape, or form. It, it, it's just getting a little worse as as uh, as the discussion progresses here. Okay, so back on the tram, and our our next stop, uh, we we get off the tram, and uh, there are these people driving around very very fast in these cars. Uh, pieces of the fender missing, spikes on bumpers, and they all have Australian accents. Welcome to the world of Mad Max. <laughs> so, question is, you have Max's car. It's all tricked out. You can have whatever car you want, all tricked out and everything. Do you do you join a group? Do you do you uh, be a lone? Uh, road, well, not a road warrior, but you know, when you cruise the highways and byways of uh, the, uh, the outback. I mean, what what is your plan in in Mad Max world, Bob? Well, if you're going to join a gang, you got to make sure, damn sure, that they're not going to like double cross you in the end. Right. So, do you go to the so, fuel people? Do you go to the Mohawk people? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you know, which, I would I would probably be a loner. I'd probably just. Uh, Drive off to somewhere secluded, pillage on the way there, grab whatever I could, and uh, just tell people, leave me alone. No companionship. You'd at least have a dog. Yeah, I'd have a dog, yeah. Okay. No, definitely. All right. There My you dog go. with me in the car and off with supplies. Off you go. Right. How do you find your fuel and in, in, in all that, you know, oil? Well, I'm driving around, so, you know, I'll, I'll find... I'll, pillaging here and there. Pillaging here and there. I'll grab some gas and grab some food and all right. keep going. All right. Walker, how, how would you cope with the dystopian future that is Mad Max's world? 
Well, Australia is a beautiful country. It, it most certainly is. I, uh, but this is the land before, before. A few years ago. <laughs> um, I think you, you want to head for the coast. Mm. Beautiful beaches. Even in dystopia, it's probably beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, except for all the, like, looters and pillagers and awful people. Um, and I, I uh, definitely would not join up with the humongous... And I want to stay as far away from Thunderdome as possible. <laughs> Dreadful place. Um, so, yeah, I'd probably try to, to, to go towards the coast. Uh, although, you know, you want to be near a fresh water supply. You know, I just want to, like, do my own thing. Dog would be nice. You know, no little wild child. Thank, no, thank you. No, no wild child. Uh, <laughs> You know, I don't need somebody, you know, crawling around, throwing boomerangs and stuff. It's not in the plan. Um, feel pretty good about it. Just, you know, wanting to avoid any of the gangs and stuff. Okay. Maybe there would be some nice people. I could help them out. Well, but, I, uh, I was going to say, you, you come across a group of kids talking about the time before before and wanting some help in getting food or some form of supplies. Uh, what is your first impression? Do you help them out or do you say, I am so sorry, uh, a few miles back was a store or whatever, you can do your best to help yourselves. That's where the flamethrowers on the front of the dragon mobile come in. <laughs> yeah, Larry, I said no Thunderdome. I told you, I'm, I'm renegade, I'm on my own. Trust no one. I know they're looking for Captain Walker, but please. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I don't know. No, no say. No say. We we talk about the before, before. Where'd they go? They left us. (laughs) Flame on. There's a reason for that. (laughs) Okay. Back on the tram. We find ourselves in our next stop in Detroit City. Overrun by criminals, the corporation has taken over the police department. OCP exists. Unfortunately, you were a victim of this gruesome crime. They thought you were an officer of the law. Through unfortunate set of circumstances, you are now a version of RoboCop. You have the ability to get your memories back or not. Moving forward, what do you decide to do? Karen. Okay, so I'm a version of RoboCop. You're a ver- you are RoboCop for all intents and purposes. I've been acting as, as a police officer. As a police officer for a number of weeks and or months. And there are these little glitches, you know, just like in the movie. You get a little piece of memory of before. But they have this thing you can plug into and get all your memories back. Would and you then want to find then, out that I was a human being? That you were a human being. You were suicidal, married, basically. You, you did a podcast. Or <laughs> <laughs> the important things in my life. Oh dear God! I used to do a podcast. Oh. You know, and interestingly enough, depending on how they have you wired, you can you might be able to podcast from the suit yourself as you go around fighting crime. That's right. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure I probably would have a built-in microphone, Wi-Fi, everything. <laughs> Um, Kids could plug their, you know, video games into you and you can, like, interact with the public and it'd be great PR. Well, you know, 
it wouldn't be the worst future mm-hmm. because you'd have that, you know, bitchin' robot body. Right. Um, and the you car. You get to eat, like, paste. And the um, paste would throw me a little off, but... You know, it's not, it's not horrible. It's certainly not ideal. Um, you know, you get to spin the gun around and, and clomp around and <laughs> say things like, you know, <laughs> you're coming with me. Um <laughs> Yeah, it's not bad. I could do it. It's you, not great. You, not you, terrible. You'd survive. It's in the middle. It's it's better than the zombie apocalypse. Let's oh, put it that way. Okay. All right. And and let's go to our chief engineer, Bob. What are we thinking? Uh, I would not want my memories back, hmm. onwards and upwards. There you, you know. All that's going to do is make you depressed on what you are. So you might as well just be. You know, I am what I am, right? So, uh, <laughs> so uh, yeah, I would just uh, go forward being RoboCop. Now, what if you could be RoboCop in a zombie apocalypse? Oh, that'd be freaking awesome. There you go. Yeah. That'd be great. There's not much for them to eat, so they probably would ignore you. No, but you could take them out left and right and not worry right. about any yeah. consequences, right? You, could exactly. you got all these weapons as RoboCop. You might as well use them. Clean the infestation. That would be interesting. There's probably a comic somewhere. Potentially, <laughs> potentially. RoboCop meets The Walking Dead. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. All right. That was a good one. Moving forward, we're going to visit a little land that was overrun by triffids. Are <laughs> <laughs> oh, you okay. going to say rats? Sure. sure. Thousands, millions <laughs> of rats. Okay, trippids. Trippids. What is the first thing you do when you go across a trippids? Am I blind? I collect all the salt water that I can find. Drench them. Okay. Or, once again, flamethrowers on the front of the dragon mobile. <laughs> so, Bob, are you keeping the dragon mobile through every dystopian yes, future you're yes, going that's, to? Yes, that's my constant. That's your constant. Did, you can, su- you can, can survive that. any kind of apocalypse in a dragon mobile. Well, I, that's the thing. I, I, I hate to bring this to you, Bob, but you can't take the dragon mobile with you. <laughs> well, then I'm not going. You, you, you can't take the RoboCop suit with you either. That, that would be too, too big of a cheat. Dang. Well, then I'm back to saltwater again. <laughs> Now, salt water from the sea, or would you just pour salt in clear water? I mean, how do you... Well, salt water is their weakness, so, you know, whatever you can get, wherever mm-hmm. you're at. You may have to improvise. You may be able to hit the ocean and grab bucket loads or whatever, but... Okay. Yeah. Just got a salt shaker and a bottle of Arrowhead. Hang out at the beach with a big old <laughs> hose and a generator. <laughs> okay. Beachfront, beachfront property. That, that was actually fun. I, he, you guys can't see, when well, I can't see Karen's face, but Bob's face was just priceless. <laughs> Moving forward, we uh, get off our tram, and as we look around, town seems a little desolate, and not sure if it's the sun or the clouds, but everything kind of has like a grayish, almost like it's black and white, and we walk up to this home, and we knock on the door, go inside, and this little boy is sending people to the cornfield. <laughs> <laughs> and this poor woman answers the door, and, and she has, like, 
no mouth. Her mouth has been taken away and her ears also. So she has a nose and two eyes. And she's trying to, like, tell you, like, leave, leave. But then little Henry, what was his name? Was his name Henry? One moment, please. Anthony Fremont. <laughs> okay, there you go. Little Anthony. Thank you, Internet. <laughs> Beckons you in. Once inside, you, you start noticing how everybody's acting. Do you act along or do you just say, screw it, send me to the cornfield and strang strangle the little SOB? Bob gets confused and tries to throw salt water on him, but nothing happens. Drive the dragon mobile in there, flame on. Flame him out before he can do anything. Yeah. I'm telling you, that's the key. Um, you know. You're a bad man. Yeah. <laughs> and your dragon's very bad, too. I would have to, God, I would, I would play along until you find an out or a key or mm. some way to trick him or whatever. Trick him into sending himself to the cornfield. Oh, like Mr. Mixoplick. I was right. just going to say. <laughs> I like the <laughs> way you say Bob. That's right. Anthony has to say his name backwards and you're done. <laughs> I don't know why they couldn't figure that out. It's so obvious. Walker, would that be your approach as well? <clears throat> No, I really wanted to like take something heavy and bash that kid's head in. He's right. just so awful. I'm, so I'm thinking he's going to sleep eventually. But how fast is he at sending people to the cornfield? I mean, are you going to have time to bash his head in? Well, if he's asleep, so that's why you have to play along until you see your, you know, maybe you're out is bashing his head in. Maybe it's tricking well, yeah, him. Well, yeah, he's, maybe you know, turns around but, yeah. or something, and then you just like grab something and whack. And uh, did you guys ever see the? the uh... I don't know what's called, but the new Twilight Zone, where mm -hmm. it was actually his real daughter played the daughter Bill in the Moomies. TV show. Yeah, Bill Mooney's yeah. daughter. And Cloris Leachman came back. She was still there. And the daughter had the power, but had more than Anthony did. Hmm. And um, Wait, Anthony had a kid? Anthony had a kid. Oh, that's disturbing. Oh, that was very disturbing. <laughs> Who was the mother, though? Uh, Not she got Lisa. sent to the cornfield. Oh, okay. yeah. oh, of course she did. And the daughter resented that the father sent her to the cornfield. And for whatever reason, you can't bring people back from the cornfield. Mm -hmm. And so Cloris Leachman was telling the daughter, look, we're going to have to send daddy to the cornfield. Only you can do it. Well, a cornfield might not be that bad a place, comparatively speaking. Yeah, maybe. Or it could be one of those stops that we left behind us. You just don't know which one. Yeah, you don't really know. Is the cornfield non-existence, or is it an actual place? I took it as non-existence. I mean, it was, it was you know, not is it? like a happy land. Otherwise, they'd be like, yeah, screw you, kids, send me. <laughs> well. Yeah, but nobody knows until they go. No, yeah, so. you don't really know. Very, very interesting. Okay, so you guys would either bash his head in or just say, okay, send me. I dare you. I double dare you, Anthony. <laughs> this send would be a pretty send bad me one. Send to though, the cornfield. Only Bill Moomy knows for sure. <laughs> well, we have to get him on the show. Yes, we do. Hmm. How can we do this? All in all, though, industry, stay tuned. Questions. This is a pretty terrible, uh, pretty terrible scenario. All right, to the tram mobile. To the tram mobile. Quickly. <laughs> Oops. Don't fall off the tram mobile. <laughs> the tram just lost a wheel. The, the brakes don't work on the and tram. The Joker got away. <laughs> we, we can't stop. We find ourselves looking around and we have these 
black gloves on with spikes on the left and right side of the gloves and we look around and we have a cape and there's a Batmobile to the right of us. Yes, we've now entered into 1989's version of Batman in Gotham City. You got the suit, you got all the mechanisms, what do you do? Where do you go? Bob. Where do I go? What do I do? Well, you know. Do you fight crime or you're like, you hanging know Hanging in Wayne Manor wouldn't be so bad. <laughs> and you have the Batcave. And it would be really good in a zombie apocalypse. <laughs> so, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> stick a flamethrower in front of the Batmobile. We're good. <laughs> you like fire, don't you? <laughs> I'm taking my Dragon Mobile one way or the other. No, I, you know, I think, uh, I, you know, I don't know if I would stick my neck out and fight crime. Really. I mean, the, the thing is, like with Batman, it's like he wasn't like bitten by a radioactive bat and got powers and right. felt the responsibility to go out and do something. You know, he was just a guy, a plain guy who lost his parents and as revenge went out. Now, is that a, a good reason to fight crime? Because you're seeking revenge? Or, you know, should you just see a psychiatrist and hang out in Wayne Manor and play in the caves? It's a good question. Walker? you got to be kidding me. I'm Batman. I'm going to do everything. <laughs> I'm going to go drive the Batmobile. I'm going to terrorize criminals. I thought this I'm, was dystopian. This is heaven. Well, yeah, I don't quite see how this is a dystopian uh, uh, society. But, well, I, I kind of uh, wanted to end it on a on a, a note. I mean, you know, we started off like mowing people down in our deathmobile cars. And, you know, we had zombie hordes. So uh, Gotham City is kind of dystopian. You know, you got the penguin and the Catwoman, and, and uh, uh, you know. Jack Nicholson Joker. It's, it's not much different than like New York was in the 70s. I mean, it was bad, but I don't know. Was it dystopian? I don't no. know. As long as you've got your Catwoman, you're okay. <laughs> <laughs> whoever that may be. Well, look, today might be dystopian by, you know, whoever looks back on, you know, 40 years from now. Well, according no. to our president, it is. Yeah. <laughs> well. So, Walker, you, you just do all the Batman stuff. Now, now, mind you, you're, you're going into this, you know, it's kind of like that uh, episode of Star Trek where uh, Janice Lester switched her consciousness into Kirk's body and vice oh, versa. Geez. So you're in, you know, the bat suit, but you don't have all the training and stuff. You just have the knowledge of TV and comic books that you've read all these years. Well, that's not that's not very fair. So they, that way, you'd be like the '66 Batman in the '89 movie. <laughs> well, if uh, I don't have any training or anything, then yeah, I'd get myself killed. So. Well, stop, uh, you fiend! <laughs> you just can't get rid of a bomb somewhere. Uh, all right, all right. To be fair, you you have all the knowledge and training and stuff, and, and you're going to do your best to rid crime. Yeah. That's awesome. It's a utopian scenario, and it's the best. A utopian dystopia. A utopian dystopia. <laughs> this was a lot of fun. Uh, we're, we're coming towards the end of things. Uh, any last... Uh, did I miss a dystopian future that you guys wanted well, to visit? Or? I am shocked knowing the one thing you... You actually wanted to call the podcast a, a line of dialogue from this movie. <laughs> 
I can't believe that we didn't go and get on carousel. Well, you know, I, I thought you would mention that, Walker, and so I just kind of purposefully did that. Thank you very much. I am so pa- so far past 30, I would have to be a runner. <laughs> well, There's no other way. I think it's safe to say we're all runners. Uh, you wind, you, 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 you're in your robe, and there you are with the little carousel and the people floating around and you know, pew, pew, falling down. When do you start running, Bob? And, and do you go visit Farrah Fawcett to get like some uh, work done, or do you just start running? Um, you know, when you're 29, you might as well get a head start, right? <laughs> and uh, you know, you can visit Farrah Fawcett. She doesn't have to do any facials on you, but uh, yeah, no, I just you know grab Jenny Agutter and run out the door and <laughs> head for the hills or wherever. Go look for the wherever box. the uh, sanctuary is. There is no, no sanctuary. sanctuary. Walker, you make your own. You start running. Sanctuary. Oh yeah, you got You got to start running. You probably got to start running. Uh, Run you know, early birthday. before they suspect. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know who wasn't a kid and didn't play runners in uh, in the mall? We used to go to Bayfair Mall and we get in trouble, get thrown out. That, yeah, that happened to me too. <laughs> I, me and my friend, we after we saw the movie, we went over to. The mall. We got thrown out of the mall, and I couldn't tell my parents because well, uh, it was like the mall was the new thing in they town, just and everybody understand. would hang out there. So we had to go hang out somewhere else, and then go back to the mall and have our parents pick us up from the mall. <laughs> well, see, I had my fiance playing the, the the authority, and me, J and J were running around last week, and we got thrown out. So, <laughs> no, joking, joking around. And actually, you know what? because I am so old and my memory is so bad real quickly we have to fit in one last stop you're handed a tube of food that is marked Soylent Green <laughs> do you eat it or do you, do you eat it or not moreover what was the place that they'd go to and, and uh, you know you got to see your last sunrise and everything before they like <laughs> that's sounding better and better <laughs> that's right I swear to God, you know, they had the right idea. Think about it. You know, you walk in, you get a great meal, you get to relax, you see some beautiful pictures, listen to some music, and and then you're gone. All, it's awesome. All it's through. just like, you know. For, pe- for people at Soylent Green, for cats, it was corpse grinders. <laughs> all throughout this podcast, all I could hear is Mr. T saying, I'm out. <laughs> Okay, well, this was this was more fun than I thought it would be. Uh, thank you both for for uh, participating in this. I want to thank all the viewers, guys. I am so curious to see what you guys will put out there. In in closing this out, before we get into the sensor sweep and stuff, of all the lands we visited, Bob, of all the dystopian futures, what is the one that you would stay in, and what is the one that you would most definitely pass on? From the land beyond beyond. <laughs> From the land past hope and fear. Um, God, you know, I would definitely not want to be in any kind of zombie apocalypse type thing. Because mm-hmm. that would just be a pain. Because they're everywhere. You know, you just can't get rid of them. Mm-hmm. Um, Triffids would be easy. Like I say, a little beachfront property with a hose connected to the ocean. You know, spray them <laughs> down. Just your daily routine. Yeah. It's like watering the plants. You just spray them with salt water and <laughs> hang out at the beach all day. That would probably be cool. 
All right. All right. Uh, Walker? Well, Larry, you gave me Batman. <laughs> I did. Come on. I did. I, I, I know you so so yeah. If I'm can be bat, if you can be Batman, be Batman. So yeah. So Batman works out really good for me. Okay. Um, but like Bob, I yeah, the zombie one. It's just a whole world of uh, misery, pain, and depression. So no, thank you. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Uh, I'm I'm gonna side with Walker. I mean Batman. Come on. I mean, you know. <laughs> Uh, the Batmobile, yeah, you got to take out the Joker and the Scarecrow and stuff like that. See, if I could be Batman in the swinging 60s, <laughs> that might be cool. All right. Batman in 89, Gotham City, I don't know about that. Yeah, it was, it's going to be a rough existence. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you got a lot of crime to fight. but uh, And I'll, I'll pass on... Um, I'll, I'll pass on the zombies. I had a friend once, and I asked him, I'm like, you know, if you get bit by a zombie, do you want to get shot right after you get bit, or do you want to you know, do it yourself. And he looked at me he's like, why would I want to be shot? Just let me become a zombie. I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, well, that's the thing. Like, would you want to be cremated? Because if you're cremated and there is a zombie apocalypse, you miss out on everything. <laughs> on that note, let's go into the <laughs> That's a good point. I don't, I, you know, personally, I would not want to become a zombie. So, yeah. Right. I mean, if, if so they, we'll take care of it, don't worry about it. Yeah, I, I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> Knew I could count on you guys. Um, okay, so at this point, we have our sensor sweep. Uh, this is the point in the show where we bring your attention to the latest and greatest products and or shows in the universe that have come upon our attention. Uh, this week's sensor sweep, your mission commander, Larry, is going to share with you. I had... Um, Good fortune, my niece uh, was down, she lives in San Diego and was able to go to this year's Comic-Con down there and pick up the Super 7. Uh, They had a line of Universal Monster action figures and T-shirts. If you go to the Super 7 website, they still have the uh, Wolfman and Mummy action figures, uh, the creature from the Black Lagoon and the Metalunan uh, alien are sold out. They also have the Universal Monster Frankenstein instructions for the action figure. They got the the uh, cardboard cutout for the action figures had a beautiful picture of uh, the creature from the Black Lagoon and uh, the Metalunan uh, and so forth. Those t-shirts are still available as well. You know, they're small three and a quarter inch uh, figures in the uh, Kenner style of uh, action figures so there's not a lot of articulation um, they're more artsy for the collector like I said the the cardboard uh, backings are just beautiful pieces of art the shirts are a lot of fun you get a chance to go to the Super 7 website highly recommend it they have all kinds of stuff uh, on their site if you're not familiar with them so that concludes the sensor suite portion uh, Here we are again at the end of another episode. And at this conclusion, we just want to thank you guys for tuning in uh, time and time again. I want to thank you guys for commenting uh, on our posts, on our podcasts. We encourage you to continue the conversation. Uh, Without you, our intergalactic audience, uh, we wouldn't be as uh, having as much fun here as we do. Be sure to head on over to our website at www.planetatepodcast.com. 
www.blogspot.com. And, uh, you know, like I said, comment on the episode. You can also uh, head on over to Twitter. We're at Planet 8 Cast. Or Facebook, which is uh, Planet 8 Podcast. We look forward to your input and your opinions. And next, until next time, this is Planet 8 signing off and transmission. First we got the bomb and that was good Cause we love peace and motherhood Then Russia got the bomb but that's okay Cause the balance of powers maintained that way Who's next? France got the bomb, but don't you grieve Cause they're on our side, I believe China got the bomb, but have no fears They can't wipe us out for at least five years Who's next? Uh, then Indonesia claimed that they Were gonna get one any day South Africa wants two, that's right One for the black and one for the white Who's next? Egypt's gonna get just to use on you know who so israel's getting tense wants one in self-defense the lord's our shepherd says the psalm but just in case we better get a bomb <laughs> who's the next Luxembourg is next to go And who knows, maybe Monaco We'll try to stay serene and calm When Alabama gets the bomb Who's next? Who's next? Who's next?